Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Nine o'clock hour is underway. Jake Query, Kevin Bowen, Mark Dykton here. It is NBA Draft Day, as you just heard us talking about. Joining us now on the Payless Sickers Hotline to talk about uh, exactly that. Kevin, should we just go ahead right away and ask him to, to tell us who the Pacers are going to take seven? I'm sure Scott Agnes loves questions like this. Uh, all right, Scott. Yeah, might as well. We're going to ask you at some point. Uh, the pick at number seven will be who? Or will they make I a pick I at knew, seven? But yeah, I wish I knew and I just quit my job and uh, moved <laughs> to Vegas or something. I'm disappointed I didn't get the intro from Jake, but I'll say it's Jarris Walkers. I'm staying with him from several weeks ago. Okay. I'm I'm flattered that you're disappointed you didn't get it from me. But um, Now, yeah. I, I, I did want to ask, you did a mock draft, correct, with other you know beat writers around the league? Yeah, yeah, Dan Wilkie of the L.A. Times okay. had, had one beat writer pick everyone in the first round. And you did take Walker at seven. I really like the Andre Jackson pick that you made, and I know this was pre the, the Denver trade. Could you let us know who else was on the board when you took Walker at seven? Uh, I'm try- I, I think it was Taylor Hendricks, I think, was. So you went Walker oh. over, over Hendricks? I, I did do that one okay. in particular. A- yeah, Any particular reason why? that? I mean, I, I feel like. That's kind of the majority of people, but there certainly are some people out there that uh, would like to see Hendricks over Walker. What made you go with Walker over him? Yeah, so KB, I think Jarris is just more ready-made to 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 step right in. He's got a bigger build to him. Uh, like Taylor Hendricks is much to kind of like Paul George. Doesn't have an ounce of bad body fat on him at all. So I'm really trying to shore up the three, more so the four spot. Um, Walker's versatility defensively, really just his defense in general. I, I think he's he's one of those that will – he's kind of a quiet assassin from what I see. He's not like a, a Kevin Garnett or Draymond Green that's going to scream in your face and make sure you make sure you know he's there. He's just going to go block your shot three times. Um, I, I just really like all aspects of his game. The one area really that really separates Hendricks from him is more so his outside shooting, but I don't – it's not something that I don't think can't be there for Walker. It's just not something he's done a, a, a lot or at a very high level. But overall, to me, Jarris is the is the better player. Hendricks is just coming off a, a really impressive surge at UCF this past year, um, and and I'm also a little bit skeptical of something like that in general. After one big surge, is there something more there? Um, or, or what's next? But Walker's been my guy, so I'm going to stay with him. Do you think there's any chance? And by the way, there's a little bit more on Malcolm Brogdon in that trade that did not mm-hmm. go that was that we'll get to here in a second, Scott. That just came out. But do you think there's any chance that the only player I, I, I would tend to agree with those names that we're talking about? I, I don't know why I feel this way. I really don't. But I have this weird feeling that Grady Dick may be more in play with Indiana or more intriguing to them. Than, than we might think. Only because of his, I think he, he shot the ball really well and, and they were intrigued by that. Is there any chance they would reach that far, Scott? 
I just don't see it, Jake. Not at seven. I agree he would be a tremendous add to this team or others, but I see him more at 10, 11, 12. Kind of like we were talking last year, right? If if the Pacers were able to obtain a second pick, then maybe a, something like Grady Dick makes a ton of sense because Rick Carlisle can't have enough shooters. We know how much that means to him. Grady Dick, the best shooter in this draft, over 40% from three last year, and he does a lot more than that. I know he gets pigeonholed as the shooter, but I still believe, yeah, that would be a reach at seven. And Scott Agnes with us, Fieldhouse Files. He'll have your draft coverage deep into this Thursday night. Scott, you mentioned something yesterday when the Denver trade went down. Again, the Pacers are getting a first-rounder next year. In your tweet, you had said they are not done yet. Uh, care to explain? Or expand, I, yeah, I guess? I just, I, yeah, I just mean in general. It's nothing specific or something I know or am teasing by any means. It's just they probably have at least one more pick than they want here. And on top of that, we know they're going to have to, they're probably going to make some changes to the current roster, whether it be center, whether it be at shooting guard. So this team's going to be active here over the next week. They already have over the last 10 days or so, I think going back to like last Monday in terms of starting to field calls and make more calls to kind of establish and figure out the value of the seventh pick in the others. And so in completing that deal, I think that's just kind of this first domino to what is a very important Pacers offseason. I was a I was a fan of this. I mean, again, to your point, you, you had a log jam of picks. You didn't have room to make five selections and have spots on your roster for all of these guys. And I just look at it as some point down the road, you hope to be in a position as a franchise to where you're doing the – and again, I, I know this is not a great example, but – at the time, you thought you were upgrading your roster. You're doing the Evan Turner. You're you're doing the you know Andrew Bynum type of move. Mm-hmm. You know Boston and Cleveland did it with you and Karis LeVert and Malcolm Brogdon, where they traded picks for players. You know at some point you're going to be a top five, six team in the East, and having you know multiple first round picks for next year to potentially try and do that, or maybe you're not in that position next year and you you know package those two and move up, you know higher into round one. Um, next June, to me, keeping that optionality to steal a word from Kevin Pritchard, I think makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and just having additional trade assets. And we don't know the range of the pick, of course, for next year. It's just important uh, to emphasize that it is not Denver's pick because we know that one almost assuredly would be right, like 28, 29, 30. So it's like, all right, why do the deal? Well, after more learn, more uh discovery here after that trade well it's it's actually the worst of of other teams is there's four different teams involved and probably be the Clippers pick and maybe you project them to have the 20th pick again type thing next year Um, maybe slightly worse if they have better health so you're looking at 23 but more than anything I think this is just spacing out those picks and so you're not bringing in five rookies or even three first-round pick rookies at the same time when already I think the Pacers are content with their youth outside of maybe adding the number seven pick, then it's about adding uh, one veteran because we know they're veterans and George Hill and James Johnson um, are both free agents this year and then shoring up on the wing spot. And I think I do expect just for how much they are talking to other teams about a wing, there are, and the number of wings on the market and the lack of a true good market for free agency. I do expect them uh, in the next week to, to really get in on a, a player via trade. I think that's also that's that's in large part why I said and they're not done yet. 
Scott Agnes is our guest on the Payless Circus Hotline. Scott, obviously I did not hear this because it was during the time that we've been on the air, but I'm reading it. Uh, this apparently was said by Brian Winhorst, who I think is you know, pretty knowledgeable, and I don't because based on where this was sent out, I believe that he did say this. Quote, Brogdon, talking about Malcolm, Malcolm Brogdon, Brogdon has a health issue, a health issue that, as I understand, is so significant that not only can the Celtics not do this trade, there's probably no Malcolm Brogdon trade that they can do in the short term, end quote. Um, would that be just part of, do you believe, like some of the injuries he's had with the Pacers, or is there just no way to know that at this point? Yeah, first of all, I, I trust Wendy. He's one of the most plugged in there is in the NBA. And uh, in terms of I, I don't have knowledge of what it is, but I would guess it, Malcolm's body has just been so beat up with, with notable injuries and things I had never even heard of. Part of what he and the other players of the last three or four years when the Pacers are really down on injuries took me through is learning these new injuries. And he had like a right abductor. It was like a right hip muscle tear. Well, I would guess it's something like that that either he played through or was less significant to them than maybe one of these other teams had thought. Um, But very likely than not, stuff like that, they try to keep mum just because if they do want to trade him. But that that would absolutely come up in a physical that he must pass for a trade to go through. Yeah, anytime you see a news item kind of like that, I I don't know if it – you know, kind of spurs the same memories, but I do think about the Carousel Vert thing, Scott, from a couple of years ago. Was it was sure. it was it a tumor in his kidney? Was that correct? That's right, and only discovered because the Pacers took X-rays and MRIs, leading to the physical. And it's something not every team does. That's not mandatory. Having a physical is, but doing extensive tests like that, they did one on his back. Um, so who knows how long he had had that tumor, and ultimately they had to remove that kidney and and. Not just presumably, they, they they saved his life. Scott, I was hoping you could share some thoughts. And again, Fieldhouse Files for Scott Agnes. Share some thoughts on your experience out in Utah last year for the All-Star Game. We saw the announcement yesterday. I, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of the fact that they'll be at Lucas Oil on Saturday night. You get more people in the building. Uh, ticket prices seem to be very manageable for us here in Indy. The first third of those 35,000 tickets are going to go on sale next month, so we'll get an opportunity to get first dibs on them. I mean, that, that that checks a lot of boxes for me. How would you compare the setup on paper here in Indianapolis to your experience in Salt Lake City? Yeah, so I, I think two A's that are really big in this are kind of affordability and availability. And those are things that are, aren't usually the case with massive events like this, right? If you were trying to go to Indy Super Bowl, I would have loved to go. It would have been several thousand dollars. Good luck. Um, if you're trying to go to the All-Star Game on Sunday, I'm sure it's a, a four-digit ticket at least. And one of the big hesitations the Pacers and other franchise have in hosting events like this is upsetting their season ticket holders and locals And that they, they can't really attend these games. The NBA mostly runs these events. And so they come in and run it. And so uh, that's a challenge for Indy and other cities. So I like this move, even if um, from a basketball standpoint, no, I don't want to sit on the sixth level and, and watch the guys through binoculars. Like, but I can attend. I can be part of it. It might be the only time so many are able to attend events like this. Now, at uh, Salt Lake City this past year, um, that was, was all ha- held at their basketball arena, which is Vivint Arena. will soon be the Delta Center once more. And so think about trimming – the attendance number by probably at least a thousand for 
other reasons, a stage, TNT set, some hospitality, probably by another thousand or two for the media and international media that come in. So you're only looking at like 14,000 seats is my rough estimate of the true capacity for events like this. And so now to beef it up to 35,000 and tickets aren't outrageous starting at like $29. So I I thought this was a win-win for Pacers, the host committee, uh, the city and really locals who want to just take part. We we had that Super Bowl village in large part, there will be a fan fest as well as this Saturday night event that they're going to really try to make about Indy and, and people in town that can attend the event. Scott, we were doing a um, our own kind of draft lottery. Okay. You, you could pick one of these words, and then every time it's used on the television broadcast in the first round, you get a buck. Okay? Your options are long. So it's not take a shot? You said it was a drinking game. Well, earlier. I think if it was a drinking game, we wouldn't, we wouldn't make it past. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. Uh, long, upside, quickness, raw, wingspan, high motor, high IQ, athletic. Which one would you take? I think upside would be the number one pick for me of that group. Mm-hmm. A lot of these get – well, yeah, because every player they're going to say they have – okay, what about this? Uh, floor ceiling, would you take that over upside? No, I would not take that over upside. Okay, I'm going to go with long. Yeah, you get a Jay Bills. the next one would be wingspan. Wingspans are huge, and obviously, uh, pun intended there. But that, that's something that teams and, and scouts really are paying attention to. So I think wingspan would be my second. Get a Billis bingo card going for tonight and, <laughs> and, and, and the coverage and of the draft. And then throw basketball IQ in there for, for third. Sure. Uh, Scott, last one for me. I want to go back to the All-Star weekend, and I don't think you, you, you mentioned this. So – you're guessing around 14,000 for Sunday for the actual All-Star game back at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Is that right? Yeah, that'd be my rough guess. Okay. I was thinking about that yesterday. Yeah. How do those tickets get distributed? Again, to me, it's going to be a much pricier ticket, but like, will a section of those be available for the community at all, or is that much more of a corporate feel? And maybe, they, I don't know, do they give 100 to each team? I have no idea how tickets get divided for the All-Star game. Yeah, my understanding, Kevin, is that that's all that's all NBA. So it's in league officials, it's 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 teams, it's really league partners more than anything. Um, and and so that's they come in and will kind of run that show. Um, that's why the Pacers is able to move Saturday night opens it up to a whole new audience. Whereas, I mean, I know so many Pacers season ticket holders that are six months out already concerned they're not sure they're going to even be able to attend Sunday's event and and yeah that's that's the concern I'm not sure if they're going to even be even have access to pay thousands of dollars for that ticket that's why this is so important so if you have a suite for the Pacers season you do not have a suite for all-star game great question I'm not a hundred percent sure but I'll go back to what I believe NBA completely comes in and takes over got it Okay, to put a bow tie on all of it, Scott. Scott Agnes, Payless Lickers Hotline, our guest. Three picks for the Pacers tonight. Do you believe – so two-part question. The first is – Four. They got four. Um, they got 7, 26, and 50, right? A 40. They, they oh, that's right. They picked up Denver the 40. Yesterday. Right, right, right. Yep. And 55. 55. So do they stay with those four? 7, 26, 40, 55. Do they stay there or is there still movement left to go? And I guess you answered the other one, which is, you know, Walker going with the first one, in your opinion. Yeah, I would I would 
say it's more likely than not that they get involved in another another deal of some kind, whether it's packaging several of the picks to move up some spots and go get a guy that they're feeling very good about um, or whatever. Again, I don't think they need four picks at that. And so uh, I, I would I would more likely than not expect for a trade to go down. And then, yeah, in, in terms of my pick, I, I'm staying with power forward Jairus Walker from Houston. Does Trace Jackson Davis get – discussed within the war room and is it possible that he ends up with like let's say four I don't think he'll be there at 40 but if he if he is does he is there a chance he ends up here yeah I think so I I think he's a he would be an excellent pick at 40 it's it's really I I thought he might be the an option at 32 but now that you don't have that 26 is very early for me that's Um, right about the time I think his name I told Kevin when they have that list on the right-hand side of best player available, I think right around 26 is when his name starts showing up at the bottom of that list, right? And that's fair because I, I think anywhere from 24 to 40. I think that's kind of Sacramento's at 24. They were very high on him, really liked his workout, could like him next to or, or behind the lineup and, and Sabonis and playing the three and four spot. So, yeah, I agree with that. For the Pacers in particular, though, I, I felt he was more – 30 to 35 I would have been content with taking him if he was available then over under three and a half cups of coffee today Scott oh over absolutely is that a daily over or is it a just a special occasion for tonight no I'm probably two to three plus each day so um I'll easily blow past the three and a half today he's no got, problem he's got a drip of dark roast at his house right now that he just <laughs> an literally IV. an IV just right by his bedside Scott uh, I know it was I guess somewhat of an early morning for you hopping on with us it's going to be a late night tonight good luck great work with your draft coverage and uh, we'll be chatting with you next week about it all absolutely appreciate it guys as always